You're as dangerous as your crisper to these eggs. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop Bellum Draconis. We are a live play 5e D&D podcast set in the magical homebrewed world of Aerith in the kingdom of Dralak. Joining you for this week's episode, we have Will who plays the dragonborn Baal Valkon. Rectum. <laughs> we have... <laughs> fucking hell. Ian who plays the tiefling warlock Nix Carell. <laughs> Nothing. We've got Callum who plays the warforged artificer Alpha. Uranus. We've got Will, who plays the human cleric, Emron. I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough, and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Um, we Unfortunately, we, do, uh, we don't have Darren, unfortunately, tonight. Um, he is visiting a special museum which specializes in different in types of wood. Well, yeah, different types of wood and how um, comfortable they are uh, inserted upon... Into, 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 oh shit, I've had too much wine. Into the anus. Um, my name is Mark, and I'm playing a character that's yet to be released properly yet. Uh, and last but by no means least, we have our Master of Magic, our Commander of Combat, our DMD of DND, Dungeon Master, Danny. Bonjour. We cross over a desert into what seems to be a gleaming palace on the edge of the waterfront. We zoom in through an open window and into a large marble arched room um, with huge white pillars of marble holding, adorning this large mosque-esque space. We see two old, old individuals deep in conversation, almost arguments, one might say. One looks up, <gasps> sees us looking in poof, and disappears from view. The other turns around, small orb in his hand. It's old Gel. He turns and sees you. Oh, Sandy Kraken, we done had ourselves a good old since last time what I done seen into my orb. Well, first off, it was hot, hot, hot walking down the deserts of Dralak and fuck me did rains end up like a boiled egg. Them shadow mendians didn't quite like that warm weather, it done seems. They done had to find shelter, and whilst days was resting, some little foggy ambush done did the happening, and uh, they were taken unawares, and when they were confronted by none other than Arachnia, Nix, he done uh, said, I just want four, five gold pieces. Nix was like, yeah, sure, that's five gold pieces. I got fucking tons now. I done killed myself a roper, bitch. So he done left it. Then the group, they carry on, they go over some more sandy areas, and they find some hole-looking-up Criscra dragon egg transporter shit going on. It's crazy. Uh, without really making much of a plan, because them eggs gone done to leaving, the group done charging in, cannons blazing, magic missiles firing, wind walls going, boats on fire, and shit. They done lost an egg, and two more done sailed down the Sandy River thing. But there's also some Obcriscra fella behind the scenes that done been slashing up fella Obcriscra. What's going on there? We're going to find out pretty soon. And, uh, well, hell, he shanked a bitch up. And finally, old titties. Emron done did the failing of the saving, and he going to be walking towards a Sandy River, and doom be looming. I'm going to see what happens now. Let me have a look. 
So to set the scene, again, you are stood in various locations in this sandy trading post. Moving through the sandy trading post are two large wooden jetties that overlook this um, current, this flow of what you would expect to be water, but it is it is sand and some sort of organic life inside. In what you'd expect to be a river, you see creatures or elements of creatures that almost look like dolphins moving in migration that just allow parts of the body to be visible of the, above that sand line. But they are moving at a ferocity. It's almost like a stampede exists in that that space below. Picture picture that scene in Lion King, that famous scene in Lion King where the, where the I want to say it's antelope. It might not be antelope, um, but charging through that, that, that gorge, uh, that, that sort of level of... Um, uh, wildebeest, perhaps they're wildebeest, um, through that gorge, that level of momentum and that sheer power of what what uh, anything that fell into it would would suffer uh, would surely meet a similar fate. The party over the last couple of rounds of combat, while they've been exchanging spells and arrows and other things across this sandy river into the Criscra, the trading post, who have been, uh, as was described, taking these eggs away from the trading post, having been alerted. Currently, the party are trying to save as many eggs as they possibly can. What's left are seven eggs. Two were moved down river. I'll call it river. Moved down river by members of the Criscra. One, unfortunately, fell foul of a backfired spell that Bal Valcon attempted in order to save them. Seven remain. Three are on one jetty where one boat remains. The other four are incubating or at least staying warm around a campfire. In the last few moments, a flock of giant vultures uh, entered the scene. One of them scooped up Alpha and now is hovering above this sandy river where we ended last week. Emron had been commanded to walk towards this sandy river, not knowing that it was a threat, continue to do so. We pick up now in those moments, just as Emron is beginning that velocity of falling the 10 foot into this stampeding sandy mass below. It's worth saying as well that uh, north of the river remain the Ibkriskra, as well as Mark's unnamed as yet character who had until this point seem to blend in with the Abkriskra. South of the river, far away because of his exhaustion, you have rains. And then on the, the riverbank itself, you have a cluster of Nyx, Alpha, Emron, and Baal. Something happens. In this moment, uh, we pick up in the initiative at the end of Emron's turn, as Emron has had to use the entire turn to step off this uh, this edge, this, this riverbank. Something happens in this moment before we go to the next person, which is Baal. A voice, well, more of a, a, a deep sound of whistling is heard. Sharp, commanding. Emron, you feel a beneficial, a beneficial spell effect hit you. And it's up to you whether you choose to fail a save or wish to contest it. You don't know anything else, but in the moment where you feel like sheer peril is about to happen, something reaches out to offer a helping hand. And Mark's character, you don't necessarily make that distinction. So I need you, Mark's character, to please make a wisdom save. Emron, you can either choose to allow what's happening to happen, 
or you can try to contest it with a con save. You say, but does it feel beneficial or do I just not know? You don't know if it, it it's hard to make that distinction. Your, your, passive, your passive is not high enough. You know yep. something is intervening. Okay. Uh, I rolled 11, sorry. You rolled 11. Everyone's going to... Everyone's going to let it happen. He's going to assume that maybe it's rains or, or or something is 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 about to intervene because things can't get any worse than okay. what he's about to go into. Okay, so um, with an eleven, Mark's character, all of a sudden, as you are feeling vulnerable for a, for this period now, having revealed your true intentions and turning on those that you were were working with, all of a sudden you lose control of every part of yourself and you are under the effects of a, paral- a temporary paralysis uh, a spell you are somewhat acquainted to and, and could probably identify if you saw it happen of hold person you're still conscious you can still compute everything that's happening but just nothing is moving for you emron at the point where you fall you drop maybe five feet and your, your mass is beginning to turn as you sort of dive into this sandy abyss. You just feel, feel something pull back on your legs. And you're in this floating state of levitation, five feet above the spray of the sand. And occasionally you're getting hit by this spray of sand. And where, where this wall of wind to the east that Baal has, has uh, erected, um, you've got this sort of uh, swirling mist swirling cloud of sand just hitting you in lots of directions it's it's hard to have full visibility at all times and you're having to sort of rub your eyes and and shelter and yeah pick, picture being dangled almost like a teddy picker above uh this 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 pool of piranhas for want of a of a description and then a figure emerges outside of the trading post this f- hulking female f- figure the physique of a of a seasoned orc, but in human form. On her back, she seems to carry this very large, blunt weapon, and in both hands are incantations swirling with two different colours, as though two magical spells are being controlled by this individual. She walks out and just stares across the field, as that is her turn. Baal, you're up next. Okay. Um, obviously, I've seen all of this unfold. I would have seen Emrod heading towards the river. Have I seen Alpha be plucked as well? Yeah. So in front of you, you can see uh, Alpha is in the talons upside down of one of these giant vultures who is now just sort of slowly, the, all three vultures have sort of slowed their approach with anything. The momentum is slowed and they're just sort of hovering above this sandy doom. And then about eye level with you, you see an upside down Emron as well. Uh, to your left is Nyx, who's looking sort of uh, attentively across the river at the critical activity. Okay. Uh, I know that from last week, I'd, flown into some sort of frenzy after obviously my attempt to to help the whole situation has completely fucked up and that's obviously going to carry over and affect what I'm going to do next so I'm going to continue despite the alterations that have happened with what I was probably going to do first time which is uh charge towards the river and use my bonus action to get my wildfire spirit um full movement back towards me and I'm going to leap 
as much as I can over the river with uh, using my bonus action first for the, the wildfire spirit to come through. And um, looking at the kind of the distance that we've got on the map, it looks like it's plausible to have it so that we both kind of meet in midair. Mm-hmm. And when we do, as part of that bonus action, use the wildfire spirit's wild, um, fiery teleportation to bamf me to the opposite side of the river. So mm-hmm. what it would look like is this kind of f- small flaming dragon racing towards me, leaping over the river, and it will just kind of engulf me in a massive kind of bite and explode me over the opposite side of the river. So um, looking at, at the map that we've got, I would be able to make it um, approximately, I mean, 20 feet in front mm-hmm. of the, the two of Chris uh, figures, as well as the person that's just come out. That would probably use my full movement mm-hmm. and my bonus action just to get to there. Yep. Um, can you do and- that? Can you do that first before you yeah. announce your action? Unless your action is happening as part of that simultaneous motion. It would motion. happen when I land. So what I'll do is, yeah, by all means, I'm happy to uh, move myself there. And if anything changes, I'll let you know whether it affects what I do next. But okay. the, the one so- spirit is next to me as I, as I land. My understanding of that wildfire spirit uh, bonus ability is that it leaves a trail of sort of blazing ember for a split second, almost like uh, a, 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 a um, influx of flame makes that. That's right. Just like a yeah, exactly right. And like a small a small five foot kind of explosion, if you like, is left behind in the space. But I wouldn't have done it over Emron's head. It's the prevailing. Uh, it's the prevailing wind you've changed that that's going to cause. I see. Okay. A little issue. So. Okay. As you sort of conjure this really amazing moment where you leap over, you join forces with your companion, and it creates this explosion, this firework of of, of blaze. This powerful wind you've summoned 30, 40 feet to the east is, is, is pushing that wind in a direction towards your companions. So I'm going to just ask Emron and Alpha to make deck saves at disadvantage as both of you don't have control of your dexterous abilities at the moment, just to see if you can sort of move out the way of some of these bigger sparks of embers as they are being produced. <laughs> my That's God. Impressive. <sighs> That's very impressive. I will go first. I got a nine with my dexterity saving throw. Nine. And what about nine. you, Emron? Uh, rolling two d20, uh, I got a zero. Okay. For, was it a natural one? Yes. With a minus one to my deck save, and that, that's a zero. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that... I, I failed, 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 failed. You're going to take double damage from this. Okay. Uh, so it's three points of fire damage for you, Alpha. Six for you, Emron. I'm going to go all Anakin and just start being crispy. Nice. As you just, <laughs> just feel like these this exposed bits of your skin within your armor just, just get caught with these embers that you have to like really work quite hard to brush off, but they leave quite a potent burn. Um, and then back to you, Baal. So you've landed at the other side, the Chrisgris side of the sand stream. What do you want to do? Uh, From landing, he will uh, tilt his head back and roar flame into the sky. Uh, And this flame is going to have like a blue-ish hue to it as well as the the kind of the red fire. And it's going to create this massive uh, 120-foot diameter storm cloud above, um, centered kind of about 20, 30 feet in front of him. But this massive storm cloud, as I cast Cool Lightning, okay, um, which will drop the concentration on the Wind Wall, yep, because it is a concentration based spell, uh, and I'll I'll get it drawn up on the map in a second. But it will encompass quite a large area. Mm-hmm. The intention is to have lots of the Abkriska underneath it, and also some of the buildings as well. Mm-hmm. And as part of that action, I can cool down a lightning bolt, which I will do directly between the two 
um, or maybe directly on top of one of the Upkriska directly in front of me. The pair, um, the okay. pair that are sort of um, a few feet ahead of this towering figure that's emerged. Exactly right. Okay. And both of them will need to make deck saves for me. Absolutely. Say seven for one of them and a nine for the other. Uh, both fail. It was a terrible roll on uh, the damage die of only 11, but they both take 11 points of lightning damage as a bolt of lightning strikes kind of between them. Sort of straight in the middle between them. And, and as it does, the, there's one that's significantly weaker than the other that just completely sort of uh, powderizes at the, the, the impact of this bolt. And the other with these, these electrical burns just falls also as you, you destroy two of them with one tactful call of lightning there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that ends my turn, just like I say, enraged. Thank you. It's Reigns' turn. And Reigns, who has been struggling to keep pace with you all for the past few hours, just starts to mutter, uh, Alfalfa? And then as you, those of you who can turn, and I'll allow it because this, this, this sound is deafening. There's quite a serious quake you feel below your feet. And then this spray, this vertical plume of sand, almost like a, a, a geyser in uh, sort of, you know, I, uh, in Iceland, those sort of thermal uh, spouts of sand just go, propels itself about 50, 60 feet into the air, followed by this purple shadow from within. As this gargantuan creature breaches the layer of sand beneath rains and swallows him whole as part of that action. Oh, and this purple land worm. Oh, damn, god damn it. Fuck. Just encases your friend. Oh, well. Fucking hell. Daddy! Um, um, that, that changes things somewhat. That's the end of Reigns' turn. The vultures, at the sheer sight of this, turn and flee. The two that aren't carrying any of the party. The one that's carrying Emron, sorry, Alpha, can't see it because it's right behind it. And because it's airborne, doesn't necessarily feel those quakes and vibrations. So he continues to move Emron. Sorry, uh, continues to move Alpha towards the center of the activity and drops drops <clears throat> Alpha at the feet, kneeling of this towering figure, not high enough to cause any sort of falling damage. What? Yes, does, okay. this, does any of this trigger your, your held action from last week? It does. It triggers my held action, which basically, as soon as I got to a spot safe clear of the river, this weird sandy river, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to use my action to try and break the grapple that the bird actually has on me. Okay. So, uh, uh, I'll say you can roll it advantage to see if you can break it before it drops you closer to where you it wanted to drop you off. So yeah. go ahead and roll um, athletics or acrobatics at advantage because you can already feel that grip loosening and that that dis- descent starting. I won't roll the second one. I got a natural 20 on my roll for it anyway. So nice. 22 to nice. break the grapple. Okay. Um, what I'll allow you for then is any... 
any square sort of within that side of the the sand bank to to put yourself upon between the towering figure and the other side of the sand bank yeah I, literally as soon as it clears the river so as soon as it seems like there's a enough of a room to maneuver a landing from this great big heavy um constructs that's when the grapple will be attempted to broke so i think i'd be kind of not quite at the river's edge but maybe just a few feet inward so i'll i'll stick it there Okay, and as this this vulture releases you from its grip, it immediately goes and picks up two eggs in its talons, one in either talon. Uh, and that is the end of the vulture's turn. Top of the round, held in place, is Mark's character. Mark's character. I can't wait to introduce you, so I'm going to stop saying that. Um, I just going to check check if you need to make a save real quick. Yes, at the end of my turn. So all is it I can at do the end of your turn? Wisdom. Yeah. Make the okay, so... Is there anything you want to do that doesn't... Well, you're incapacitated, oh, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, go I've ahead and... A, go for it. Sorry. I've rolled an 18. Breaks. So you are no longer in that state of whole person. Cool. I've checked. Um, um, everything I currently have up is still fine. Um, everything is all, all, good and, all good and dandy in that regard. But that's the end of his turn. Just breaks out of it. And you see him kind of take a couple of big gasping breaths. And he kind of looks around and sees this big hulking figure in front. And his eyes, like, and his, his eyebrows go up and his eyes become big for a second. Before there's a hardened and steely look. And that's, I think, all I can get away with. Okay. Wonderful stuff. So it is now the Abchriscris the turn. Um, the remaining Abchriscris you can see are going to go and make a, a beeline. You will get opportunity attack on the one next to you, uh, Mark's character, but is going to dash for the easternmost jetty that has three eggs ready to go near a boat. Um, so if you want to take the opportunity attack, please do. Yes, please. I will say not so fast. No, I won't say that. No one can hear anything. Everyone's too far away. Uh, I'm just going to use, as I have the feet warcaster, mm. I'm going to cast uh, a cantrip at his face which is booming blade nice and i'm gonna hiss him with my regular attack and if he moves out of the space any further i get an additional 1d8 of uh, damage against him as i struggle to work DD beyond so <laughs> that's what he's gonna do but he's gonna run his hand along oops on the wrong thing fuck me i haven't played this in a while uh runs his hand along the side of the blade and the blade starts to shimmer and like vibrate and lose like a sense of like uh um, physical presence for that moment as the blade hits against his back as he tries to escape that kind of vibrating eminence kind of moves into him and this is kind of wobbling like almost like a mirage wobblingness around this person for a few seconds so the hit is a 25 to hit that hits and he takes eight points of psychic damage thank you very much yes and that is just from the blade strike alone that's just from the blade strike yeah the booming the booming blade does nothing unless he moves out of range so he continues his sprint afterwards so your booming blade has its secondary effect then he will and oh god i haven't got this ready so i'm just going to roll a d8 separately if that's okay yeah uh that's four nice so four points of uh Thunder damage, lightning damage, thunder damage. Oh, I thunder could roll damage. it there. Sorry. Ignore that one that's come through on thingy. Oh, I'm still learning. Um, Yes, four. Okay, so you, you catch this guy almost with like a, a low sweep cut. Uh, and as he continues to run, not really understanding what's going on, but he has one directive at that moment, and that is to transport and move that cargo. The effects of Booming Blade kick in, and this follow-up strike hits him. He is limping now towards the destination, still on his feet, but he is, he is near near death 
thank you very much. Um, only, only Mark's character would hear this clearly. Uh, I'm going to say there's enough distracting with the lightning and everything for everyone else, not necessarily to get a good insight as to any activity in that that structure, that 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 um, canvas hut. Um, but there is motion inside. There is movement. There is there is sounds of stuff being thrown over. People running around. There's 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 chaos happening inside that hut as well. Um, that is it in terms of the eclipse. They have never been a problem to say before. That is it in terms of the Chris turn. Over to you, Nix. It is your turn. Behind you, you've heard this booming sound and this colossal creature that is terrifying has just swallowed one of your companions. Looking to your right, you see an Emron floating moments, moments above his own death. And then you see Alpha and this burning dragonborn across the riverbank from you. What do you want to do? The M1 floating. Do, do, I got the sense that he's flying or floating. He's upside down and just sort of bobbing like he is in invisible water. Uh, like he's in, but he's not in the water. He's floating above the weird Yeah, he's, he is five foot above anything. He's just sort of getting spray of occasional bits of sand towards him. Fuck. Far. I was going straight for uh, Reigns. I didn't realise that Emron was uh, floating upside down. I know that Emron can transform into angel power, so I, I, I'm going with my initial uh, reaction here was that when you so elegantly described Reigns getting eaten up by a big purple snake, uh, I just imagine Nick's turn around and just being a ghast of what's happening that just this eruption from underneath and then all of a sudden rains being eaten in midair that there's the mission with the eggs or there's his friend being eaten who's already like unable to protect himself because he's fucking exhausted to shit so nick's forgetting that he's got this guy's self on and that he looks like an abcrisker mm. turns around and starts making his way back to uh reigns and he pulls out a book and because he's not focusing on his uh attire it doesn't drop because it's not a concentration spell but just shout out to uh emron uh almost worried uh, so i'm gonna make my movement i'm still in rough terrain is that correct yes so your speed is halved so i can only move 15 foot so five ten 15 and then after i'm so as i'm making my 15 feet of movement this almost kind of crackle of energy starts to emanate from nix's horns again which is always a telltale sign that he's reaching in within his uh his powers and he whips out his book and he starts to flutter the pages getting i've done this one before i've done this one before um and as sweat starts to pour down his hands and he reaches his place that he can't move anymore he takes out the crystal orb he closes his eyes and he um, sits down, crystal orb in front of him, book in front of him, and a chip of mica just there to the side as he uh, closes his eyes and he puts both palms on the ground. And as he does so, this purple energy moves from his horns down to the palm of his hands and it travels, if you could see it through the sand, but it wouldn't, um, to the origin of the purple dragon. Uh, dragon, purple worm. Mm. Oh, way to undersell a, uh, an enemy. <laughs> as he once again casts Shatter at second level and this loud ringing noise this time happens from underneath the creature and then eventually just carries up his uh, coils and his 
tentacles and whatnot. And uh, it's painful and it's intense and it erupts right on his fucking face. Uh, you need to make a con saving throw for me. Got it. Uh, let me just find the data I need. That was a rubbish roll. Con save, yeah? Yes, please. I love when you use shatter. It always feels like a momentous moment, Nix. Thank you. I just shatter myself. That's a six. He <gasps> fails. So yeah. as he fails and the pain reaches uh, a heightened sense, this crackling of the purple energy that came from Nix's horn starts to get louder and it manifests into thunder and bam at the epivescent point he takes 13 points of thunder damage 13 one three yeah nice so as you cast this in that area you hear an almighty scream from a male half elven friend i fucking killed rain tonight (laughs) It wasn't me this oh, time. No. <laughs> <laughs> the effect did not seem to phase the worm in the slightest. Oh, oh what? Shit. Fuck. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Uh, Nick's being too aware of... Because th- he was expecting the painful... Ah! Or whatever the sound of the worm makes. He was expecting an animalistic sound, mm. not a an elven friend sound um almost he because he's connected with a spell and as the spell hits he winces as the pain kind of transfers back to him from his horns uh and he just chastises himself for a minute and just kind of tries to remember this for the next time he sends a spell onto was the that enemy a warlock spell eaten. or a sorcerer spell sorry i didn't even mention it it's a warlock spell okay i just i i use I know it's a warlock spell. I use my book and I use the crystal orb as my kind of magical uh, conduits, I guess. Focus? Um, focus, yeah. Anything else you'd like to do with that turn? I've uh, spent everything. I'll just, yeah, Nick's, Nick's can't even get up. He's on the floor right now and he can't fucking, because it's hard fucking movement. So there you go. He's just, his his palms are still on the floor and he's just wincing at the pain that he's caused rain. That's all I can do. In the, sh- <laughs> in the shadow of this towering 20 foot head of the sandworm that is, that is visible. I look like an Abkriska. <laughs> it's very true. Emron, you're next. You don't have control of this spell. You cannot move um, from your own volition, but your your hands are free, or they have your your hammer and shield in them. If I have wings, can I propel myself? You're under the, the effect of the spell. Um, let me just double check. Uh, let me just double check the conditions. Wait, did you volu- Did you roll against this, or did you allow this to happen? Allowed it to happen. Yeah, you, you you will not be able to break this, I don't think, but let me double check. Is this the thing that he agreed to do last round when yeah. I got um, help? Yeah. Us? Um, we, sorry, did we hear what that was? Or have you not? It's a levitate spell. It's a levitate spell. Oh, so shit. I'm just double checking the, the rules. So if I'm the target, I can move up and down as part of my move. 
So the target like can only move by pushing or pulling against a fixed object. But it's whether wing, yeah, whether wings, whether would wonder whether flapping would work. But I guess it's a DM call. Maybe. Um, the purpose of the spell is to avoid falling or flying further up, isn't it? It's not holding you in space in the air. Yeah, yeah. To support time. more than. I'd I'd probably argue that the flying will permit you movement. I think without it, you don't have a flying speed. You only have a walking speed. So the levitate the is preventing you. But with wings, you'd introduce flying speed to your character would allow that movement. Yes. Okay. So um, upside down, um, Emron's seen Alpha drop to the floor. He's seen um, Baal like you know go all Gandalf and and disappear in one place and appear in another. Um, like grabbing the phoenix. Dumbledore. Um, D- Dumbledore is the wizard you need to refer to. Do not get those confused. Ah. My God, William. Part of me just died. Use the force, Harry. Oh, that's the same same thing. <laughs> that's right? from John Luke, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Dark Materials. Um, so seeing that, seeing this giant um, worm appear, um, Emron's sort of going to close his eyes. He, he doesn't know whether... Can I see the big like um, muscle person... Or from where I am or not. Yeah. I might, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've dropped down 10 feet, though. There's, the, down. It's, it's floating. So every now and again, when your sight line brings you up to level with everyone else, yeah, you can see the, the scene. Okay. I'm not going to know whether it's them or whatever, but I'm going to, everyone's going to thank his, thank the gods, thank Alito. And he's going to close his eyes and be like, Tulwa, if ever there was a time. And um, I am going to activate my uh, radiant form. Okay. And thunder. Thunder. Yeah. And, and you know the wings <laughs> erupt from his back um his eyes glow his his mate his hammer all of a sudden glows gold and and light emanates from him is that an action to do the fall it's, it's an action to do mm-hmm. it okay and then uh with a flap uh, i am going to move 30 feet towards the sandworm okay great which takes me to there and Which is just south east of uh, Nix. Do you remain? So you you don't you're not able to put your feet back down because the spell is still active on you. Yeah. Levitate is still active on you. It stops you from sort of having. I your imagine feet I've orientated myself correctly. Okay, cool. Is that your turn? Uh, and then my bonus action. Uh, the hammer, which seems to have uh, seems to like it seems almost like he's growing brighter as Emron uh, takes on angel form, is going to move twenty feet and hit the vulture. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit. I will. When you say vulture, do you That's mean the word twenty three to hit? Uh, that hits. The vulture that I so you're talking about the vulture that's gone to collect the eggs to the yes, to the north. Yes, I'm yeah. trying to I'm stop you. From Sorry, I'm with you. Taking oh, the eggs. Oh right, yeah, good. I had the same question as well. Cool. Uh, it will take six points of force damage. Great, thank you. It was the same vulture that was carrying uh, Alpha. Uh, Alpha. Yeah, sorry, I should have been ago. more specific. Yeah, it's the one to the north of the fire. Uh, six points. Thank you so much. And that is the end of my go. Great. It is the 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 hulking woman's turn. And with her action, she just gestures a hand out towards you, Emron, and pulls back, and you move in motion with that hand back 30 feet. Once again, 
above the sandy. Sorry. It's quite all right. No need to apologize. Mm -hmm. Above the sand stream. And then she says to the party, and I'm going to allow for a, a break in initiative for a moment while everyone remains in fixed position so that this, this can be a responded question. I attack. <laughs> okay. <Sorry>. Then, then <laughs> I'll do my, I'll do my thing. And then you see what happens. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. She speaks. You have but one option. Let us leave. And all of your friends will not be killed. And we'll say this is a moment where everyone's blades are clashed with another person's blades. There is just that that um, Star Wars lightsaber duel moment where the villain and the hero exchange words. And this is this is announced to everyone. Everyone is in earshot of this. My character would turn and um, after trying to attack the member of the Crystal that's running away and um, decimating, trying to decimate him, I would turn still purple um, sh um, shadowed blade in hand, hand down towards uh, underneath the fold of his cloak and would just say in a really, really kind of loud voice, Captain Yor, I'm afraid your time is up. That's all he's going to say. Then let it be known, travellers, that this turncoat was the one that killed your friend. Emron, what level is your fly spell? Uh, it's not. It is linked directly to my class ability. Okay. It's it, 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 it's it's not a fly spell. It's wings. They are it, oh, it's, wings. it's natural wings. Fine. Yeah, that, is, that son of a bitch. That yeah. levitate. Ah. That levitate is now pulling Emron down another ten feet, and you all see as Emron drops below visible um viewpoint emron for every second that you are in this sand stream you are going to take 2d6 bludgeoning damage every second sorry hmm. every six seconds so it's right. every round oh, oh goodness. Sorry. What sorry. The hell? big difference yeah <laughs> you want to take 2d6 bludgeoning damage as these it almost feels like you are being hit by cannonballs with spikes on them like morning stars are just flying at you that's the sum of seven points of bludgeoning damage this round. Ouch. As you remain in this grip. What's also going to happen... Uh, I've used all three actions. Uh, that's all that's going to happen for now. But the, 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 the towering figure is just going to walk towards the jetty, the easternmost jetty, where one boat remains, so that they can get a full look on the whole battlefield. It's worth saying as well that there are two... Still, sorry, there are still two... Um, incantations being held in either hand of this this figure. It is now Baal, your turn. Okay, so obviously heard this happen, heard them say that resulting in the death of someone, would I be aware? Because I haven't been looking behind me. I've been looking forwards. I've been looking at these, at the enemy. Am I aware that Emron is where he is? Your passive perception. It's high. It's yeah. Uh, give me, yeah, give me that. Give us, give the listeners the number because it's a seventeen. It's seventeen. So, when the sandworm emerged, you would have turned to see that. Yeah. Okay. And as a result of turning to see that, you would have seen Emron in peril. And then you would have 
like you say, turned back again, and Emron is back now in peril. So you didn't necessarily didn't see the fact that he was able to advance and come back. You also can't see the fact that Emron is uh, in wing form either because he's pulled so low. Am I able to see Emron? Yes, with your passive perception of 17, you're able to scout and know who was there. Currently, though, you've seen that he has uh, he's been submerged. You probably would have heard the sounds of what Tilwa's versions of being hit by seven or eight morning stars at once sounds like. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Um, I'm just reading the exact wording of uh, a feature um just to double check and also is the vulture to the north of me nearest the eggs has it got its talons on an egg and has it taken off again or has it no so it didn't have enough movement left so it's it's basically in stasis flapping ready to ascend with these two oh i am in a pickle um because that can't happen and the guys on the right, they haven't currently got the eggs. So that is priority number one is birdie boy in front of me. Uh, but what I'm going to do is still enraged. I'm going to this this kind of dragon, snake-like dragon, wildfire spirit that's curling around my neck. I'm just going to uh, say down to it, save the cleric. And it's going to dart its full movement, movement flying above where I saw Emron drop in and get as low to the sand as possible. And one more time, use that bonus action to cast fiery teleportation. Um, the wording of the spell is that each willing creature of my choice within five feet of it can teleport. Um, it doesn't say I have to see the creatures. It just has to be mm -hmm. within five feet of it. Mm -hmm. So All achievable. Uh, my question is, would Emron, sorry, would Tilwa know it to be willing? Give me a stat to roll for it, let's see. Let the dice decide. Does Tilwa have any changes in perception to Emron's? There are no changes to his stats other than other than that he is he is more attuned um, sort of in his angelic form. So it depends whether um, there's any effect from his diva or anything like that. Um, but yeah. I'd say you call, I mean... Your passive is high enough to know it's there. You would have seen me use it. I've seen you use it before, and now. I've seen you. Yeah. So, um, if if I'm sensing this this fiery thing engulfing me, um, I'm trusting in my faith. Okay. And let's see what happens. Then go for it, Will. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. And if if to get um, Emron, it needs to delve into the river then that's absolutely fine because that's the command that it was given as well. I know that technically it has to be within five feet, but if that would encourage Emron to kind of take that... that you you, you could be five foot adjacent and it wouldn't have to submerge. You could just get to the surface of that. We'll do that then, in which case it can teleport um, 15 feet. And I mean, I would probably... I'll let you decide where I go, Will. Yeah, I'm going to teleport you to my side of the river, not to Reigns' side, I'm afraid. Um, so you would teleport 15 feet onto the riverbank um, right next to Alpha. That's where you'd appear. There's no explosion when you appear. Um, it's just kind of where, where you were left. Um, but that's the bonus action to get you hopefully out of the frying pan. 
Uh, and now I'm going to do something that gets something into the fire. The <laughs> trouble is, if I use my action to cool down a lightning bolt on the vulture, I am very conscious that I would affect the eggs, so I can't do that. That is my priority, though, and the only thing that I've got that can get that range is another Scorching Ray. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm beating off spells like a bitch, um, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bean off another mm -hmm. Scorching Ray. So breathing fire into the hands, and I'm going to fling two of them initially at uh, Vulture Birdie Boy in front of me. The first one is a 15 to hit. That hits. Excellent. And the second one is a 26 to hit. So the that first set of damage is four points of fire damage. Mm -hmm. And the second set is six. So 10 points of ten fire points damage. 10 points of overall. fire. Oh, is, it, is it still up? Like from those two, bang, bang, and with obviously a couple of seconds left, would I... Is it still... Yeah, so there's those two bang-bangs and you see that plumage of feathers just sort of spray into the air around it, but it is still holding that momentum of flapping whilst it's concentrating on trying to grasp with its talons. Not a problem. So the third and final ray is going to go natural one. Could you roll... Could you roll a d20 for me? Because it's... The vulture is really close. Fried egg time. I would say gladly, but I'm not glad to do this. Oh, no. Fuck me. Three. Okay. So here's not what happens. Like this. Not like oh, the Danny. Shit. Go easy on me. <laughs> These eggs have an AC of two. The third scorching ray. As good intended as you meant to be, you just get distracted by that fire that's sort of incubating them. And the third one just goes a bit wayward in this rage that you have sort of brought through from, from the previous episode of these scorching rays again, I think it is, where one, two successfully sort of hit their, their quarry. The third one, out of your own ferocity for trying to desperately save these eggs, goes a bit wayward and just catches the top of one of these eggs and splits it wide open you are down to six eggs remaining four eggs have been lost sorry guys i mean you, the person who cares the most here is you you're as dangerous as your crisper to these eggs <laughs> we don't know what they're doing to them they might be uh, i don't know they might be fucking giving them, them they'd, hugs they'd rather be dead than fucked we don't know what they're what doing the, what the hell right Right? I like this flaw you're developing as a character, though. Like, two out of sixty-six percent of the time, up. you're a good guy. Sixty-six percent of the time, he's right every time. Yeah. Oh fuck me! Who's hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Scrambled. Scrambled, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Bal, is that the end of your turn? I fucking hope so. Yeah, I'll see you next time. <laughs> Any more eggs you want to break? There's at least. Go. Well, there's lots. Can't more make break. an omelet without breaking some eggs. So. Rain's unable to take an action. We are to the vulture's turn now. And the two that are in the, the bottom right, uh, but there's a bottom right, the, the southeast uh, corner of the map, they just flee in terror of what they've seen from this worm emerging. The one, however, that was hovering above the two now one eggs is able to successfully grasp and is flying completely out of sight with another egg. There are five I lost. I would have used my reaction, but it has already been burned, so I can't use anything to stop it. Plus, I don't think he would, because why would he care? Sorry. Five eggs lost. Five remain. We are now at the top of the round. Mark's unnamed character. You find yourself 
two eggs to your right, the hut to your left. And the, the, the so mentioned Captain Yore you previously introduced now on the jetty to the southeast of you. What would you like to do? Could, could I just check how high is the jetty from the sand I'm currently stood on? Uh, it's it's two or three feet above it. It doesn't necessarily okay. go like it's not a towering. It's just a bit of a platform. Okay, so first Seth is going to turn and uh, he sees a little spider sat on the floor nearby and he's going to shout to it, Binglog, fuck off! And this little spider is going to half float, half scuttle across the top of the sand and settle himself at the base of the feet of Captain Yore. Seth is then going to... Uh, panic for a second and kind of try and move his cape his 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 um crisco coat he's wearing the purple material the thick purple material and dig down deep 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 to find um and he kind of flaps um the coat around it and also a black coat he's wearing underneath it flaps that around it and reveals this large um ancient looking book he has tied with a chain onto his uh, kind of hip he um, reaches around and you can see a series of bookmarks sticking out of the edges of the books and he's going to pull out top, no, side, no, bottom, yes. There's only two sticking out there now. He's going to yank one of these out and shout out, Sirag Ag Iran, or speak the air to part. And he's going to pull the bookmark out and spin around like you um, like you'd, um, spin a stick gathering candy floss. And it kind of, kind of forms around uh, the bookmark in his hand. This is the hand without the sword in it. He's then going to flick it forward. And in an instant, it's going to um, bean itself directly between the two members of the Acrisco, the, the captain and the other member on the jetty near the three eggs. Then suddenly it and him are going to swap places where he basically, in a very, very misanthropic way, casts Misty Step and mm. ends up directly next to uh, the captain. He's then, if you'll permit me, say, I gave you your chance, captain. Now you must die. And he's going to, with a bonus action, you're just going to hear this noise start emanating from him. And he goes, the, the sword starts slowly kind of moving around his left palm, pushing out the sword moving, running on the side of the blade quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, he's um, activating blade song. And you're just mm -hmm. going to hear this. The best thing I can say it sounds like is, have you ever heard Mongolian throat singing? You know, like, yep. but like four of those voices all meeting in like a symphony, but a really minor key. It sounds fucking depressing but also really quite like tingling the back of your neck kind of in a cathedral kind of like echoing around this mm. desert space um which obviously those don't know boats boosts my ac by four my um speed increases by 10 i get advantage on acrobatics and i get plus four con save to throws to maintain my concentration i've burnt through pretty much everything i can fucking do but i've got myself and my spider binglog in a position now um to attack these two remaining of Chris Good that we can currently see on the map on the platform to the left, to the bottom, sorry, with the three um, eggs upon it. That's all they can do is just prepping. He's just nice. ready. He's ready to rock and roll. Nice. And the song is being sung. As a free action, Captain Yore just turns to you as you begin this, this instant ritual of, of, of war and says, I don't even know your name. And the Kriskra next to her just takes this scimitar and makes a huge slash at your belly. Seth, are we calling you? Yeah. Welcome to the that. game, Seth. Hey. You take 
14 to, with, to hit against your armor class. As you swing at him, the blade that's been kind of moving around as he works through these actions without even really breaking his sweat, just catches it and parries the scimitar blade off to the side. Thank you. Another one coming in. It's an 18 to hit. Again, the same thing this time with the butt of his, of his left hand smashes into the side, the hilt of the blade, pushing the hand up as he continues to move through the motions, unbreaking. And this Crisco, looking very uncertain, just looks up about four feet to her captain and looks very concerned, looking back at you in this sort of trans-musical-like state, blade at the ready. Thank you very much. That is the only Crisco perceivable from everyone's position. So we will go straight to Nyx, your turn. You've just cast Shatter in the direction of this colossal landworm. What do you want to do? Uh, so I'm still wincing from the pain that he caused Emron. Rains. Stands, rains. Sorry, Emron. Yeah, all the same. Cathars uh, his materials up again and then looks down at his two poxy daggers. Guess this is the old-fashioned way then, and withdraws both of them, makes his movement towards the big old purple worm, fifteen foot. And as he's, we still can't get close enough. As he st- walks towards the big purple thing, he's going to, from an underarm, just throw one of his daggers, range of sixty feet, in the hopes to try and connect with the big beastie. Roll to hit nineteen. You release this dagger. Right hand, left hand. I never know which which is your dominant hand. Uh, right hand. Right hand. You throw this 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 dagger as deftly as a professional dart player. And as it's just at the point where it's going to make contact with the landworm, just goes straight through. What the fuck? Just goes straight through. Oh, and no. you see a few seconds later, oh, shit. a little poof of sand scatter. In the, in about sixty, well, you threw it. How how far did you throw it? Your it would distance, have been if it goes straight through. It's going sixty feet. Okay, so sixty feet. So this landworm, and then forty five feet ahead of you, you just see your dagger glistening in the sand. So it, but the sandworm's still there. The sandworm's still there. It's still animated. It's still moving. But when your dagger went through the skin. The hide, the flesh, the carapace, the, the 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 outer membrane of whatever this creature has, which went straight through, and then you heard and can see the reflection of your dagger in the sand, forty five feet away. I'm utterly perplexed, but that's the end of my go. I've taken my full movement and I've thrown a dagger. Alpha, you stand. The crisscross side of the the sea, what do I keep calling it, the the sand stream, the sand stream, uh, adjacent to Baal. Sorry, adjacent to Emron. What would you like to do? Based off everything that I've seen, have, have I seen rains get eaten by the sandworm? You've seen it all. You know exactly where. Okay. You, well, you don't see rain, so you probably didn't see rain to get eaten at that point because you were facing a different direction. But you know exactly where he stood, and you now know what was there, and you see Nyx charging towards it. You also see to your east this Abkriskra fighting this bigger member of the Abkriskra with this tiny member of the Abkriskra just in the way. 
and a bunch of eggs. Yep. Okay. Um, Alpha will command Beta from a distance to try and take care of the Upkriskra um, in the first instance. So I'm going to have Beta attack the big scary looking one that seems to be doing all the talking. Let's face it. Um, oh, that is terrible. That's a nine to hit. That misses, I'm afraid, as this this sort of cannon lets off its regular jolt of, of energy and it just sort of flies off past this creature into the into the sky. Yep. Um, Alpha's going to use what little movement he can do to start making his way north um, to like one of the uh, solidified uh, decks. Um, it, it's all the movement he's going to try and do. He's going to try and hopefully use a boat eventually to kind of step over the river. He's trying to get back to Reigns uh, at this point. Um, so are you so, going to attempt I'm, to leap the river? Okay, so I need 25 foot to clear. Can I get a decent bit of speed in 10 foot worth of movement that I have you, left? You know how a long jump works, right? I you, can't remember. You could step onto the boat. You're a full fucking metal body. You're going to drop and sink. This Physics is, is tried, not on your side. I was trying to jump over the river. Do you want That's... to know how long jump works, Callum? Just remind me, please. Well, how no, much so, running so movement do I need? When you make a long jump, you cover the number of feet up to your strength score if you move at least 10 feet on foot immediately before the jump. So whatever your strength score is, that's how far you can jump. Oh, fuck. Who's ever gone Iron Giant jump <laughs> whilst running on sand? You, you, you are literally in front of that boat and you can control where the boat goes. Cool. So I'm just going to go in the boat then. I'm just going to go in the boat. Consider it an action to sort of unmoor it because it will take you sort of unknotting yeah, and pulling up. That's knots. fine. Alpha will unmoor it. He's kind of poised with the rose in hand, just ready to move over. I've used up all my movements anyway okay. in the action just to unmoor it. Um, there, that, that's all I can do. I'm ready to try and pursue reins. So, just in case any of you decided you wanted to get on any of these boats, they move 100 feet per round given the ferocity of the, the sand stream below. Bye, Alpha. He's a fast. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> it's not the boat. It's, it, it's, it is literally the force at which things are moving in that sand stream. So you'll have to hop off at a point, essentially. You have a, you have 100 foot to play with, but at some point you have to just let me know when you're hopping off. Okay. Okay. That's they, fine. They have oars, so you can direct them. It shouldn't be an overly difficult task to, to get to the side of the bank, but that, that boat now it's unmoored will just keep going. Lovely. No okay. worries. Thank you very much, Alpha. Emron, it's your turn. You have been, for a second, almost suffocated in sand, and then this warm embrace pulled you back to the surface, and you stand there, full tilwa out, all your tilwa out. What do you <laughs> want to do? Uh, tilwa will look at um, the captain. And his eyes will, will, will blaze. And he will look towards the captain and say in, in Tilwa's voice, you are correct. There will be a death today. And I'm going to fly towards the captain. And as he does this, I'm going to use my bonus action to cast a searing smite. So my hammer uh, sets a light. 
and, and then I'd like to attack the captain, please. Go for it. Do you get dis- uh, do you get advantage? Uh, advantage because of um, Seth's position. Seth. Ooh, Thanks. Right. Fuck this it up. gets complicated. How do you have to go and make things so complicated? Yeah, Just yeah. Hit the captain, make a wish that uh, she so hadn't got. Fifteen up. to hit. Fifteen to hit. Did you say? Yeah, I'm afraid that misses. Yeah, as your your hammer just hit into this dense uh, scale mail. Well, the, the hammer's still alive. Sorry, um, splint mail. I said the wrong yeah. word. No, hammer's still on fire. So that's it. I've done everything. I'm in his face. It's the captain's turn, and the captain just looks. To you, Emron on one side. To you, Seth, on the other. And says, Why the hostilities? I've given you your choice. I'll give you one more chance to reconsider before one of your friends dies today. And she just raises, leans back slightly, raises a boot and boots her own Abkriskra companion into the sand sea below. Oh shit, that's a big dick move right there. That is a big dick move. Ah, Does it do the Valheim scream? Yeah. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. (laughs) Um, Are we allowed to respond? Yep, six seconds of a free response if you want. Without sacrifice, there can be no victory. Yeah, plus you're going to die now. And as you say the words, without sacrifice, there could be no victory. As though it is a um, common phrase in Alido's teachings. Captain Yore quotes the exact same word choice you use at the exact same moment. And then just reveals as she turns her wrist. Imagery, heraldry. Linked to religious symbols of Alido as well. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. And that. Oh, what? Is where we're going to no! end no! this week's episode oh, of the Fellowship oh, of the Tabletop. Fuck. Oh, you oh, son of a bitch. Shit. Right. <laughs> Dick. Oh, Sandy Buttcrack. Oh, my God. But what does that mean, Danny? What Who's does it that mean? character. Fuck. Uh, what Jesus. the fuck is Nick's fighting? What's that Will apparition? Captain Will knows. Yor, you're crazy. Will knows. Of course, Will knows. Will knows everything. Both Nick's and Ian are completely dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. my god! Uh, I was gonna kill her. I was gonna kill the bitch. I don't know what to do. Um, I don't know what to do anymore. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's She's so still good. She's still dead. Mm. <laughs> oh, shit, hot diggity, fucking damn. Oof. Wow, how long, to wait, how long to wait to find out what happened? Thanks for the segue. <laughs> oh, segue yeah. got ruined. <laughs> if you want to ruin more of my segues, you can <laughs> find me <laughs> individually <laughs> on X at I rolled a one. And then from me, you can find the main page, which is at Fellowship Oops. Table. And then from there, the branches, like a tree, you can find everyone else. Danny, no, Danny's our DM. Callum's at <laughs> the D20 Gamer. Mark is at HCDRollDM. 
Will is at fuckingdicks.com. Choose. <laughs> no, uh, at natural20will. Will is at fellowship npcpc my mind is mush it's it's like oh my god and you can find our illustrious dm at total party thrills until next time guys <laughs> 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 <laughs>